So what is barefaced stories? <clears throat> Testing one, two. Right. So hi. So this is my true story. Barefaced stories is a show that me and my best mate put together. That's me, Andrew yeah. Gibbs. Kerry Sullivan. I honestly don't even know how to end the story. <laughs> like Now we thought to ourselves, how can a couple of lesbos make a baby on the cheap? Here's my name and number. I think you're beautiful. <laughs> They say the clitoris is hard to find, but here it was, turning up in a suburban board game in Glasgow in 2011. And then Stephen Fry says, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, and the show begins. Everybody's origin story is different, and today's two stories are a perfect example of that. But you hear so many stories about... Um, you know, same-sex couples trying to have babies and it's such an expensive, full-on process. But for some people, it can actually be quite easy. Just look at the dude next to you and see if you want to make a baby with him. Alicia Osika kicks off with what's going to be a great yarn around the Sunday roast 20 years from now. Uh, I am a lesbian. Sorry, fellas. Um... And I have been with my wonderful partner for the last five years. And she is uh, of an age. I'm so glad she's not here. Um, (laughs) She's 41 and, uh, and I am turning 30 this year. So there's a bit of a gap. And she always wanted to have a baby. And never found the right person to do that with, male or female. We'd been going out for uh, three years and she said to me, you know, we should have babies. And I went, really? And she said, yeah, I really want to have a baby. And I went, okay, babe, whatever you want. Now we thought to ourselves, how can a couple of lesbos make a baby on the cheap? (laughs) Because (laughs) we did a bit of research and IVF is expensive. It it really is. And um, so we began our long and extensive search and I... (laughs) I spent a lot of time just going, maybe, yeah, he's cute. No, no, he's crazy. Uh, With my friends. (laughs) Um, One day I was was at the pub and I was drunk and my partner and I discussed and she said, you find a donor. I'll have the baby. You find the donor. And I went, okay, baby, whatever you want. (laughs) I was really drunk and I was there with my friend and for the sake of anonymity, we'll call him I Sinclair. Um, and I was there and I was drinking with uh, I Sinclair and um, I said, hey, you know, you know, imagine I want to have a baby. And he said, thank God, I'm going to have to think about that. I went, you just, you just mull it over. And he did. And I think it was about a week later, we, we caught up again and he said, yeah, I'll do that. And I went, wow, okay, um, how are we going to do this? I'll tell you what, come over to our place and um, we'll just do it at home. <laughs> and when I, tell, when I tell people that, you know, me and my partner had a baby, they go, did you guys have, so did your partner have sex with him? And I go, no, <laughs> that's not the only way to make a baby because we did it super cool scientific way. <laughs> um, so this, this, this gentleman, I Sinclair, came over to our house and... <laughs> And we had the timing right and all that kind of jazz. And he was there with his his current partner. We said, well, here's the computer. 
Um, you just put in whatever you like, you know. I don't know what you're into. We'd been to the doctor previously and we were ready to go. Um, and <laughs> I said, so you just, watch, you just watch what you want to watch and, and we'll be in the bedroom, just, you know, just warming up. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> he graciously took the cup and <laughs> uh, watched whatever he did. I didn't, I didn't look in the, in the recent history, but um, <laughs> I figured that was none of my business. So, And then he, you know, he did his, he did his thing. And then his, his then partner passed it through the door. He's like, no, 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 here it is. And we're like, ah. Um, so, yeah, so I was the shooter. <laughs> I, I, uh, played, I played a part in the whole conception. And um, uh, so she was there, spread-eagled. And, um, and I was the shooter and I was like, okay, let's do this thing. Let's make a baby. <laughs> and so I had the thing and the plunger and, and up. So anyway, yeah, so she was there and I was like, oh, I've got to get in the hole. And, 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 and so she went, right, okay, you um, say goodbye to I Sinclair. And I'm just going to just lie down with my legs up for a while. I'll just go on Facebook and tell people what I'm doing. <laughs> and, and so I, I, you know, I gave her a kiss and I said, you know, beautiful. Oh, be- oh it's beautiful. We just made, we, maybe we made a baby. And, yeah, so I said goodbye. I said, thanks for the sperm. <laughs> and he went, yeah, no worries. See you around. It was really nice, actually. It was just like, you've done, yeah, you've done, you've done what you need to do, and I appreciate that. To this day, I appreciate that. And uh, lo and behold, it took straight away. <laughs> uh, we were expecting to be trying this at home for at least two years, um, but it worked straight away. As a result, I have a beautiful two-year-old girl called Lucy, Thank you. She's gorgeous. She uh, puked in my hand this morning and I just love her to pieces. Um, (laughs) So I guess the point is that not only did two become one in that me and my partner did, but it was a kind of a three became one and and we have this connection now forever, whether you like it or not, I Sinclair. (laughs) Thanks, guys. That was Alicia Osika with her story about three people becoming one. So the arrival of a baby is generally seen as a really happy time in uh, in someone's life. For me, I'm not a mother myself, but Neither I've had I. plenty of friends, <laughs> family that have had babies. And I'm a little bit terrified when I go over and visit because I kind of, I'm one of those people that would be like, yeah, I'll hold the baby, but just for a couple of minutes. Yeah, like I want to give it back real soon. Yeah. And like you just don't want to break it or, you know, like, or you, and there's the pressure as well where the baby like comes to you and you're kind of like, is it going to like me? Is it going to like me? Or can it f- smell my fear just like a dog? Yeah. And so I've been in situations where I've been holding like my cousin's baby. I've started crying and my cousin's been like not wanting to take it back because like... <laughs> Honestly, that's what she's been living with for the last like few months since this newborn has been alive, like a crying baby. And, you know, everyone's expecting you to be happy because you've got this new thing in your life. It can be incredibly overwhelming and incredibly difficult for some mothers. So next we have a story from Sarah Jane where maybe not everything goes just exactly according to plan. And if you've got a friend with a wild look in her eyes because she's just had a little baby, Sarah Jane's got a piece of advice for you right in the middle of this story, so listen up. It's 2am in the morning. My son is now 
six weeks old. I am sobbing hysterically. I am averaging about two hours of sleep a night. Every single cell in my body does not believe I can go on. I want to hide under a bridge. I don't want to hurt my son. That has never entered my mind. But I want to disappear. I can't do this. I don't know how millions of women around the planet do it every day. I am completely exhausted and I don't know if I can keep going. I think to myself, I'm going to go to Greylands or somewhere there's lots of people who could just look after me because I just feel so completely alone. The next day, I wake up, I put on a nice new top, I go to the clinic where all the women gather who've just had babies and we talk about the hard times we're having. And they're all smiling and chatting to one another. And I sit down and Jack is peaceful, calm and quiet, but he squirms after a while and I pick him up and I try and feed him. He throws up all over me. And I just start crying and crying. And I'm just handing him to someone in the room. And I'm just going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Over and over again. And they take me into another room. And they've got my child and I'm trying to clean myself up. And the clinic nurse says, are you okay? And I say, I want to crawl up into a ball and go under your desk and sleep for a week. And don't get me out of here. Just, just leave me here. And she says the words that get repeated to me over and over again. Do you feel like you're going to harm yourself? And I say, I just want to disappear. Because to be completely honest, suicide is something that Kurt Cobain does. Suicide is something that teenagers do with knives and, and too much alcohol and pills and Whitney. And not me. I just want to disappear into a cupboard and not exist. Because every fibre of my anatomy just wants to do the best job for my son. And I don't think I'm qualified. So, they say to me, it's cool. There's a place called the Mother Baby Clinic where you can go and they will help you to get through this. And I'm like, oh, thank freaking Christ. Someone understands that I need help. I can't do this. I hope they let, let, they let me keep the baby. So <laughs> that's the Tuesday. On the Thursday, I get confirmation that I'm going in the next day. My husband is going to drop me off. I arrive there crying like usual. I feel like I'm constantly crying. I'm amazed that I haven't dehydrated myself to death just through the frickin' crying. <laughs> a lady walks up to me and says, can I help you with that? Is Jack meant to be asleep now? I'm like, yes, he is. And she takes him away. I want to tongue-kiss that woman till her lips fall off. 
I'm like, thank you. If ever any one of your friends has a baby and they look really tired, do not ask them if they want a cup of coffee. Do not ask them if, how they're going. Just take the fucking baby away. Okay, people, take the baby away. Go to sleep, have a rest. The baby's going with me. That's what we need to hear, people. So, I go into a room and the head shrink is there. And he starts asking me about my grandparents and my parents and the history of the world as we know it. <laughs> and I'm just rattling off all these answers because I'm completely buggered. And by the end of it, he goes, yeah, you need to be here. And I'm like, good. I'm glad we've decided that. But I can hear Jack crying. And they come in and they say, he's a bit hungry. Now, without even thinking, I just go, cool, okay. <laughs> and they're like, do you feel comfortable with breastfeeding? I'm like, yeah, I'm, by now I am. They go, that's very good because most of the women in here can't do that. I'm like, what? They can't just put the baby on the boob. They get upset, they're traumatised, you know. You're going quite well. I'm like, I'm going quite well. <laughs> I then go into my room. I'm thinking, mother, baby, clinic, I'm having a good time. Everything's fine and dandy. I look around the room and there's a massive, great big mirror in the corner. So no matter where you stand, they can see you because there's a hole in the door. I'm thinking, okay, it's kind of a bit freaky, kind of a bit sexy, but okay, kind of a bit freaky as well. <laughs> and I go into the bathroom and I'm trying to hang my clothes up because I'm going to have a shower. And I realise there's nowhere to hang your towel, like on the back of the door. And then I look around the room and realise there's nowhere to hang anything <laughs> because they think I'm going to kill myself. And I freaking lose my mind. I just start crying and crying and crying again because I have booked myself into a mental institution. <laughs> and it, you don't think about it till you're signing the papers that are saying, you're here now and you can't go anywhere and you can't walk into another room or do anything without anyone checking on you. And I have to sign in every couple of hours to prove that I'm there. And they're just constantly watching you. And they say, it's okay. Everyone cries when they first get here. I feel okay, I'm normal again. Okay, everything's going fine. But the thing is, is that the most uplifting thing about being stuck with seven other women who are all going through postnatal depression is that I was really feeling like I was the sanest one of the lot of them. And it made me feel fantastic. There was a lady there from Greylands. She hadn't seen her baby for two months. Go and bet on her. There was another lady. She couldn't put her baby down at any time. I'm going fine. Jack's in there. Gone cold, yes. 
And everyone keeps telling me that I'm smiling all the time. Because I'm a lot saner than the other seven. And I'm feeling really good about that. The other great thing is that on the first two nights you're there, they basically say to you, you are not allowed to wake up for eight hours. Forget Lotto, my friends. They're the most magical words you can say to a new mother. I'm so happy. I've taken the sleeping tablet, I've taken the other tablets. Life is great. And things progress. And every day we have classes where we talk about self-esteem and how we need to make our lives better and take time for ourselves. And me and one other girl turn up to every single class because we truly believe that if we turn up to every single class, we'll be sane within two weeks. The other guys stay in bed. I only have one time where I'm really freaked out because all the other babies seem to be quiet when we're doing the classes. And my son likes to burst into song or just crying or noise. And I'm still not used to that. So I only sort of relapse once and have to just go to bed in the afternoon. That is, of course, the day that my mother-in-law decides to visit and uh, wakes me up and gets shirty because she can't see my son. I do have to point out to her that I am in a mental institution and I'm a bit buggered. (laughs) Maybe she could come back another time. (laughs) Now, basically, after this, I take a tablet every morning. I've been doing that now for... Three years. My son turned three on Valentine's Day. He is the most beautiful little boy in the universe. I can say that without a glimmer of doubt. And every single time someone turns to me and says, what a beautiful little boy it is, you know what I'm talking about, I hear the words, you did it! Thank you. Fairface Stories live shows are put together by Andrea Gibbs and Kerry O'Sullivan and recorded by Chris Wright at the Bird in Perth's nightclub district. Our music is by Odette Mercy and The Soul Atomics. Our technical producer and editor is Amber Cunningham. Leave us a review on iTunes and we can keep bringing you some more fantastic stories. Bareface stories are told live on a tiny stage. In a huge state. In a massive country. Where no one can hear you scream. Or laugh. Or cry. More Bareface stories next week.